0: G'day and welcome to the Noob Spiro Podcast, episode 59, where we interview the world's best Spiros so that we can all become safer, more selective, more effective underwater hunters. If that sounds like you, stay tuned because we've got a cracking episode. I'm your host, Turbo, and this episode is all about sharks. That's right. We talk to, it's a three-part show where we talk to local noob Mitchell Marriott about his first encounter with a shark. And uh, it was pretty scary for him, and it's playing in the back of his mind. So he reached out to us and asked us, how should he handle sharks? So we thought we'd uh, interview a couple of guys on the subject. And our first interview after speaking with Mitchell is with Rene Nell from South Africa. Now, he wasn't so lucky as Mitchell, and he was actually attacked by a great white. This is an incredible story. The shark showed uh, no signs of aggression, but turned on him very quickly. And uh, fortunately, he lived to tell uh, the tale, but walked away with some fairly nasty scars. So it's a great story, stay tuned for that one. And then to round out the episode, we speak with local legend, Trevor Ketchin, And uh, Trevor gives us some advice on shark behavior and how to manage those, how to manage sharks in general when you're out spearfishing. So uh, stay tuned, it's an absolutely cracking episode. So let's get into it with our first talk with Mitchell Marriott. The other day we were just having a chat about what we wished was around when we were starting spearfishing, and we thought, "Geez, I wish there was an ebook called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. <laughs> and guess what? Now there is, thanks uh, to us.
1: Amazon.com, our cheapest chips, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing, written by yours truly, Turbo and the Shrekinator. It's actionable information from more than 40 interviews with spearfishing experts from around the world. Absolutely jam packed with tips. Now, every tip is not tips. just a
0: single tip, there's tips within tips. So, there's
1: tips over and under tips. So, we had to pick a number. We're at 99. There's probably a thousand. I, I don't know, maybe, maybe a thousand and five. Possibly. So, where can they find it? Amazon.com 99 tips to get better at spearfishing by Turbo and Shrek. Shrek, what's your name again? Shrek.
0: Guys, if you're on the hunt for some new equipment, check out Adreno Spearfishing Supplies at spearfishing.com.au. They have a huge range of gear. They've got great prices. And if you use the code NOOBSPEARO at checkout, you'll save yourself $20 on all purchases over 200 So check them out at spearfishing.com.au and use the code NOOBSPEARO at checkout. Thanks for joining us, Mitchell. G'day. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your run-in with sharks.
2: Well, this particular day, I'd, I'd never seen a shark before. So, you know, you hear stories about what blokes are talking about and things like that. Um, you know, had been diving. I'd probably done 20 dives or so, um, you know, 10, 15-metre sort of depth, you know, shooting fish. hadn't really seen anything. always kept a bit of an eye out because that's something that people talk about. But yeah, just on this particular day, me and Dad, we were uh, um, heading over to Cape Morton. Our plan was to go up to the, the fish boxes that the state government put down to the, the 4 by four metre concrete fish boxes. Basically, what had happened was the current was running that day. We were um, basically just going to drop a sand anchor out the front of this, this structure. These 4 by four metre fish boxes run a mermaid line back onto the structure um and just dive off the mermaid line, hopefully pick up a few fish, jump back up, grab a hold of the mermaid line and swim back to the boat. So on this particular day the, the water visibility was it was absolutely amazing. We're talking like thirty meters of visibility. I don't think I've ever seen yeah, awesome. better visibility. Um, and I don't think I probably probably have, have since. It's um yeah, really, really absolute banger of the day. Anyway, so we've we've gone to the the mark that sort of the government put up um, had a little bit of trouble finding these these fish boxes, um, thrown the anchor down a few times. we sort of saw them on the sounder, but yeah, basically couldn't pick it up very well. So Dad said, just jump over the jump over the side and have a quick swim around and see if you can spot these things. Um, anyway, so i've I've swum, swum just followed the anchor line along um, and it found out that one the anchor had actually hooked itself through the fish box itself. Oh, okay. and was pretty, pretty heavily abrasing on the, uh, the structure. So I've, I've just popped up, said, Dad, look, we're, we're going to have to free this up. I'll just, I'll just dive down. I freed it up, so just lifted the anchor out of the structure, and the anchor sort of drifted free. So he's pulled the anchor back up. Now, um, yeah, not having seen a shark before, just as I popped up um, after freeing the anchor up, I looked back down and I saw a little shark off in the distance. So I always have a GoPro on the end of my gun. So I thought, oh, this will this will be good. I'll I'll show a couple of the mates at work who ask about this efficient <laughs> thing. You know what a shark yeah. looks like. Show it show it off to them. So this this will go all right. So the shark was on this on the sand bottom, um, just yep. off to the side of the structure. And so I've sort of swum over the over to the top of it. At that point, I realised it wasn't a um a little shark, but it was a big shark far away. Yeah, oh, right. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, so basically, what's happened is I've I've looked down at this shark. Now the fish box is there, four by four meters. So I've looked down on this shark. It's um, it's sort of done a cruise by one of the fish boxes, and now it it would have comfortably taken up probably three quarters of the edge of that. Oh wow! That fish box structure.
0: And this is this is early yeah, in the morning, isn't
2: it? This is uh, probably seven am. This yeah. was this was just the very first dive of the day. The Plan was to get up, get straight out there you know, hit these fish boxes, um, and then probably head out a little bit a little bit further, a little bit wider onto some stuff that we we knew a little bit deeper out at out of Cape Morton there.
0: Yeah, we've we've had um we've had we've had a few run-ins with the sharks in those fish boxes early in the morning. There's always like a few hanging about and they're they're often like a little bit towy in the morning there, so I'm not surprised that you had your first run in with the sharks at the fish boxes.
2: Yeah, certainly um yeah, certainly wasn't real real good for my headspace at that stage when I realised it was yeah, probably, I would have called it three metres. I knew those fish boxes were four metres across the... Um, yeah, so this would have taken up easily three quarters of the edge. So wow. um, at, this point, at this point, I've sort of stuck my head up and yelled out to Dad, Oi, I've got to get out, I've got to get out of the water here. There's a, there's a big shark underneath me. And he's yelled back, I can't get you.
0: Oh, no. What do you...
2: What do you mean you can't get me? <laughs> the line's wrapped around the prop. Oh no. Excellent. So... so by the time I've sort of, cause I've, I've held my position in the current because wanna, i want to, I want to have a look at this shark. He's drifted off the back in this current. So by the time I've sort of, you know, given him a yell, I would have said he'd, he'd be at least 50 meters between me and me and him. Now it's, it's sort of middle winter, so I think the wind must have been blowing a westerly that day. So the current was running out to sea. The wind was pushing out to sea. <laughs> and I've got this this shark which basically is sitting underneath me. So the sharks then noticed me above it and sort of swam up underneath me. Yep. Um, so at this point, I'm trying to cover distance back towards the boat. <laughs> Um, this shark's probably parked itself, I'd probably say, two metres under the water, probably about five metres from the back of my fins. Now, yep. you know, you, you, hear this, you hear the stories about what you're supposed to do with a shark. What you're supposed to do with a shark is to, um, you know, I guess point the gun at them, sort of keep, it, keep your gun between you and the shark. Um, so I'm basically head above water trying to spot the boat while sort of paddling on my, finning on my back, um, yep. pointing the gun between me, me and the shark um, just, just to make sure, it, you know, if it does approach, I can, you know, usually poke it off or something. I don't know, that's, that's yep. sort of what I've heard. Not having seen a shark, I've not done the <laughs> poke a shark on the nose, the spear technique before, but yeah. sort of prepared to use it. Um, at that point, so I'm, I'm paying attention to this, this one, what I'd call three-metre shark, sort of slowly swimming behind me while I'm trying to cover the distance. I know to, I look look down deeper in the water and on the bottom there's probably another two sharks sort of holding on the bottom but still following that first shark
0: oh, right. just
2: in the same line, just directly underneath me. Um another thing I'd heard about sharks is they're they're pack animals. So you get one shark by itself, you know, they're a little bit timid, two or three sharks by themselves and they're a little bit yeah, a little a little bit more interested. Yeah,
0: a bit more uh, brazen.
2: Yeah, yeah, well absolutely so not having much experience, I sort of, you know, look at this situation and start trying to swim a bit faster. Yep. Um, boat's still, boat's probably still fifty meters away. I've just, you know, we've covered significant distance, but I just can't seem to close the distance. So, yep. um, basically, just just try and put the hammer down with the fins, a little bit less pointing the gun at the shark, a little bit more trying to get the get the cover the distance back to the boat. Um, so by the time we but the time I actually managed to get back to the boat, the shark was still behind me. But instead of doing the normal unload the gun in the water and you know climb back onto the boat, I just I just ditched the gun. I had a float rope on, so oh, I, just, nice. I just I just I just, I, I just ditched the gun. <laughs> just jump jump back up on the boat. Um, oh, how you how you going there, son? We got we we got to move spots. I'm never not, not jumping in the water. No, we're not. We're, we're changing spots. Oh. If you're anything like Shrek,
0: uh, you won't pass stools easily and you spend a lot of time on the throne. <laughs> and if this is you, you need something to read. Get yourself a copy of Spearing Magazine. Possibly, well, not possibly, it is the world's best spearfishing magazine. So when you've not got your earbuds in on the crapper listening to the Noob Spiro podcast, get yourself a copy of Spearing
1: Magazine. Guys, head on over to penetratorfins.com. They are proud sponsors of today's Noob Spiro podcast. We're happy to announce a code you can use to save yourself $20 on any blade purchase. Let's try right, save $20. Pump in the code Noob Spiro. Check out penetratorfins.com. Save yourself some dough and some fins and get yourself some of the best fins going with $25 flat rate international shipping and a full international warranty. Larry's the man. Thanks, Penetrator.
0: Right, see. So there you have it. Poor old Mitchell Marriott. He hasn't been spearfishing very long and he's had to deal with his first shark encounter and a big thank you to him for reaching out. I know that when I first started, it was definitely played on my mind heavily and some some days it still does. So a big thank you to him and uh, we're, just, we're glad that he walked away from that encounter. And this next uh, chat with Renee Nell over there in South Africa is an absolute cracker and uh, it's a pretty intense story and he's one tough guy. So... Uh, Let's get into it. This is our
1: interview with Shrek and I with Renee Nell from South Africa. So, so sorry, Renee, we're recording. Now, can you just tell us your
3: name and, and
1: where you live again in South Africa?
3: Okay, my name is Renee Nell, and I live, i stay in Pepe's It's very close to Cape Town in South Africa. Yeah.
1: Okay, and you have spearfished there your whole life? Yeah,
3: not my whole life. I think I've spearfished for about 22 years now. Um, oh, and also, yeah, most mostly in this part of the world, the water is quite cold and, and not always clean, yeah. So you have to dive hard to get a to get fish, you know. But if you go more to the east coast, where the water is warmer, then it's uh much easier, much bigger fish, and you don't have to dive that deep, you know. Yeah. Okay. I've
1: seen some of your a lot of your posts on Twitter, and today we called you up to sort of ask you a bit about your shark attack experience. So what were you sort of doing when that happened and how long ago was it?
3: That was about four months ago and I was diving in Arniston. Uh, it's very close to the most southern point of Africa. And um, yeah, we, we were, we, it's a good good spot. We, uh, there's not a lot of people to go there. It's quite remote. we got a, we got a few nice reefs with good fish there. So we dived on this one spot. The water was quite clean, but we didn't get as much fish as we used to get. So we just moved up to an, another reef about six kilometers further. Okay. So when we got there, we did two dives. And my friend told me, hey, the water is a bit murky here. Because we know that area is, we always, we got a, we've got we counted now that we got about a 40% chance of seeing a great white every time we go there. We have <laughs> counted the amount of great whites that we've seen. And also the amount of times that we dive there. And it's about wow. 40% of the time, one up them the sea, a great white, you know. So there's a lot of sharks there. Wow. And that um, is a, that's a lot. So um, my friend told me the, the water's a bit dirty. We we dive three guys on my boat. One stay on the boat, two guys in the water at a time. So then we just rotate like that, you know. Yep, yep. And uh, we told him, yeah, I'm going to do one more dive and we can go closer to the previous reef. It was much cleaner there. So on my last half, we didn't even shoot any fish on that reef. Uh, I was on the bottom and as soon as I reached the surface, this great white just came slowly past me, Swam right very close to me, slowly, calm, you know. You, you know, everybody's telling you what to look for, the fins and the arch back and irregular movements. But this thing was so calm, I didn't even call the boat because I, I never thought it's going to attack. It was so calm I just looked at it and then I thought, hey, maybe I must put a spear in this thing, because yeah, that's what wow. we do. We don't, just, we wanna take these things away. So I aimed for the eye and um, and then, yeah, it was a bit intimidating because the shark was so big, it was about five and a half meters, I think. Wow. And then I thought, my spear's not gonna do enough damage in the eye. Maybe I must aim for the brain, you know, a little bit behind the eye. But that's time, because I was hesitating so much, there was a little bit of distance between me and the shark. So I thought I'll just swim closer to him to get more penetration with my spear. And um yeah, when I, I I swam hard for the shark. And when I got close to him, I I hesitated again. I thought, shit, i d I'm not sure if I'm gonna shoot this thing or I must just bump it to see what he's doing, because I've bumped once right before, you know, and they don't like it, so then they normally they leave you alone. Yeah. And this thing just turned on a ticky. Hey? It I can't believe at such a quick short space of time, this thing can turn 180 degrees and it was facing me and half a second later his head was right against my chest. He didn't wow. bump me just just softly, you know, he just touched touched me on the chest with the side of his head. And then you know, as I pushed him off or if, if as I pushed myself myself off him, he turned a little bit to the side and I could see he's gonna bite. And then his first bite was in my spear gun. So that's yeah, I put my spear gun in half. And, um, yeah, and then I, because his, his thigh was right in front of my face. And, and then I see him turning on his side again a little bit. So I knew he was going to bite again. And I just pulled up my leg. So he can't bite me in the chest. And then he got me in the leg. And um, I wasn't sure why. You can see he was struggling to to bite through, you know, because he, he took like two bites in, into the leg. And uh, then I just hold on to the head because he was starting to shake me a bit. I was afraid he's going to take my leg off. And wow. then he seemed to dive down again. And uh, yeah, that's why I think, no, you know, I can't go down again. I was just spending a lot of time on the bottom. And um, that's why I took my left hand under his nose. And with the right hand, I was trying to get his jaw open, you know, with the right hand underneath to see where his jaw is. Wow. But I think that left underneath his nose irritated him a lot because he, then he opened his mouth and he shook his head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I, he let me go there. I went back to the surface and then the shark made a small turn and he, came, yeah, he just looked at me, faced me straight on. So I thought, okay, he's going to come again. I wasn't sure what to do now because I haven't even got a gun in my hand anymore. This thing is broken. And then I looked at boat, and the guy on the boat you saw everything from the surface, so we just parked the boat almost on top of it. And that shark turned away and he swam away. Wow. And that was yeah.
1: it. Crazy. I saw evidence like with the, the photos you put on Twitter, it just looked bloody horrific. Um, were you diving out of a rib, a rib boat?
3: Yeah.
1: An inflatable, yeah. I, I seen the photos and some of the photos when you pulled up at the beach and um, the paramedics arrived straight away.
3: No, we found, we didn't even know. that. That's one thing that I've learned about this experience, too, you know, is you must have thorny case, because we used the spear gun elastic uh, thorny caves. We didn't even know who to phone. So it was about half an hour to ride back to the nearest, to the closest subway, to the closest town. So when we saw the town, we just stopped the boat, and we phoned the police, and we told them, listen, we've got the situation now. So the police, when I got to the beach, I waited about... 15 minutes and then the police arrived also and I think they helped me quite a lot with saying and just stopped the bleeding and elevated the, the injured part and not long after that the NSI the National Sears they came and uh, yeah I think those guys saved my life because I lost more than half my blood by that time you know they got a into me, an IV, and uh, yeah get some split into my body but then I had to wait for another hour for, for an ambulance <laughs> oh wow <laughs>
0: Yeah. Can you explain the injuries you sustained?
3: It's on my leg, um, on the outside of my of my thigh. Uh, There's a, a few big cuts there. Um, that that wasn't the problem, but it bit me into the knee, which also caused infection after about ten days. And I think that that caused the most damage. Um, so yeah, the knee isn't 100%. Yes, I can't bend oh, wow. it all the way. It's about to 125 degrees at the moment but I didn't figure it every day and then okay. the hand didn't, yeah, I didn't even knew that he bit me into the hands. I only saw it on the boat and, uh, but that was quite bad so yeah I'm still so busy every, everything is working my, my tendons on the thumb is still off uh, so I've mended it twice already but it's okay. came loose again and they don't want to do any operations now until my hand is in a better space because it was too long in a brace so uh, yeah, I got two broken bones two in my pinky and my my thumb tendon is off. Okay. But uh, yeah, i good use of it at the moment.
0: Rene, can you can you explain to us? Because uh, you said the shark actually got around your legs. What what was the pressure of the actual jaws of the shark like? Was it crushing?
3: Yes, that that that's the only thing that I felt. You know, The, the cut itself with the teeth. There was I didn't feel it at all. I saw it. I can I. I I saw the teeth going into my leg, but there was no feeling, no sensation. Um, it wasn't sore at all, but I could feel that pressure on the whole leg. Um, that was quite a lot, and I think I'm not sure. You know, I don't want to say it, but I think maybe the fear of my spear gun was lying on top of my leg, and I think maybe that saved me for him not to get to bite through the leg, because he, you could see he was struggling. You know, the the ripples on his on his lips as he opened his doors and wiped down again, you know, and, um, yeah, I can't believe that he didn't take the leg off because his skull was so big, you
1: know. Wow. That would have, that would have given you a new perspective on life.
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> so that's that's changed things for you. Four months on, you've still got a, a knee infection and uh, and your hand still hasn't gained full mobility. Um, it sounds like you yeah, deal I didn't,
3: with... I didn't have the infection anymore. I had infection 10 days after the bite. I went back to hospital for another ten days. So that's plus when he put me on IV antibiotics. So so all the wounds are healed properly now. It's just the movement that's not what it you used to do?
1: Okay, are you back in the water?
3: Yes, I've started to dive here. Yeah, I'm still struggling to load my spear gun. My hand is too weak, so so my friend has to load my spear gun for me but I can still.
1: <laughs> oh, okay, well, <laughs> you must have some good friends, eh? Some good dive buddies.
3: Yeah, but now the when the school of fish is there, then they they don't want to load my gun, they want to shoot first and then they wanna load my
1: gun. <laughs> uh, uh, seems uh, like it's a problem the world over, that one. <laughs> yeah,
3: <you're
1: right. laughs> so how how has this experience changed your your diving, uh maybe your behavior or your attitude or, or anything with you and your friends? Has, has anything changed or?
3: Yes. You know I had an interesting great watch since I started diving because there is so many uh and I have learned everything that I could about the wife. And I thought I knew when he's calm and when he's going to attack. But I realize now that you don't know. There is no rule. That thing is a wild animal. And you can't, you know, there's people started to speed up with the child here for tourists sure now. And I just think that, I mean, everything that I've learned in the last 20 years, it was exactly the opposite in my life. Yeah, wow. So you can't, you can't, yeah, it's, Every sighting I would say is in the end. If you see the shark, get back on the boat. If I called the boat immediately and got out of the water, I would have been fine. But because I thought I knew something, I wasn't that afraid of it, you know. And uh, I think that was
1: my biggest mistake. Mm. Yeah, wow. Well, okay, so you said you, you know, this one spot you see like 40% of the time, you guys see great whites. Um, yeah. That, that sounds like there's no shortage of great white numbers in the area. So so previous to your experience, I mean, you talked a little bit about observing body language um, and now you get on the boat as soon as you see them. Um, what are some of perhaps the other preventative measures you take to deal with great whites?
3: Um, oh, yes, I, I think because on that spot, we used to swim every every diver eventually will be like 15 metres apart from each other, but if the water is like that, we will dive one guy down, one guy up and closer to each other just so there's more ice and I think, yeah, if we are together,
1: yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, there's a couple of good practical ones there yeah. anyway. I really appreciate you chatting with us today. Um, so how old are you, uh, Renee? I wanted to ask that
3: before. I'm um, 44 years old at the moment.
1: And you've been diving 22 years, mate. I hope, I hope you're diving for another 22 years.
3: Yeah, I hope so too. Thank
1: you very much. Yeah, awesome to talk to you, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thank you very much, man. Thanks. Guys, if you're
0: new to spearfishing, I highly recommend listening to our episode, Freediving for Spearfishing with Pete Ryder. Pete uh, is an entrepreneur and an excellent freedive instructor, and he has come up with two great courses, the 10-metre freedive and the 5-minute freediver. I've used the 5-Minute Freediver to increase my bottom time, found it incredibly useful for my trip to the Coral Sea, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. His other course, the 10-metre freediver, is a great resource for those just starting out that literally want to get to 10 metres, and this course will help you learn proper breathing technique and some of the safety
1: aspects associated with freediving. Use the code NoobSpiro to save 20% on all of Pete's courses. He's put together this deal just for listeners of the show. That's at howtofreedive.com. Use the code Noob Guys, Spearing Magazine, join the Noob podcast. They've got some of the best contributors in the world. They've got stories from all corners of the globe. And if you're interested in uh, contributing something, you can head along to sparingmagazine.com head up there to the top right corner get into the menu and there's become a contributor to Spearing Magazine now some of the guests on our show have been contributors or they regularly contribute with our Mm -hmm. Jesse Cripps Michael Takash and Ted Hardy contributes a regular section it's probably the best quality magazine pound for pound in the world so get in there check out the photography it's an awesome heavyweight magazine you can also get the digital edition so head over to spearingmagazine.com to learn a bit more join them on social Facebook Insta or YouTube Wow, absolutely incredible story
0: there with Renee Nell. Like, I couldn't even imagine having a great white uh, turn on me. He's quick thinking. You know, he was just so lucky to get away with that one. So, uh, I mean, that's the best and worst of it, walking away with, with no real incident and then being attacked. Uh, just highlights the importance that somebody knows first aid and uh, and have a buddy there and, and some sort of plan to deal with that, that kind of thing. So now... To round out the episode, we speak with Trevor Ketchian. Now he deals with plenty of sharks off the coast here of southeast Queensland, and uh, he's no stranger to having a few sharks around. So we talk to him about shark behaviour, what to look for, what are the signs of danger, you know, when you should move on, and uh, how him and his crew deal with sharks while they're spearfishing. So let's throw it over to Trevor and uh, get the get the good oil on how to deal with sharks. Right today we are talking with a local southeast Queensland spearfishing legend Trevor Ketchian, and we're going to speak to Trevor all about uh, his shark experiences here in southeast Queensland and around Australia, wherever he's been spearfishing. Uh, his most extreme moment with sharks, and also how he deals with sharks, what to look for, um, time of day, and and their behaviour, and how they as a team deal with um, the threat of sharks. So thanks for talking to me, Trevor. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Cool, mate. So uh, you've we've all seen your uh, videos on Facebook, uh, mate. What what's your most? Or what would you say is the most intense moment you've had dealing with a shark attack?
4: Uh, probably most recently. I wouldn't really call it a shark attack, but it did definitely come a bit closer than I would prefer. Uh, just out on the Bowen Banks off the Sunshine Coast, just had a tiger shark follow me up quite aggressively and hit my fin. Uh, luckily, it swam onto my gun, which poked it in the nose and seemed to deter it. So that was a bit of luck. So that's probably the closest call I've had.
0: So yeah, sad. wow. So this this shark—I think I've seen the video. This is the one where the actual spear tip gets stuck in the shark's in its face, kind of thing, doesn't it? Yeah.
4: and it sort of—I was quite lucky. It came up on that right hand side, and the gun was facing downwards.
0: I had no idea it was there. Wow, it seems to come out of nowhere at 100 miles an hour too. What's and was that? It was a tiger shark. Oh uh, yes, yeah, a smaller male. There's a couple of big females
4: on the Barwon Banks, but they never seem to bother anyone. They're just quite cruisy. Um, yeah. Certain times of year, the males get a little bit more aggressive for some reason. Yeah, wow.
0: I saw another video quite a, few, a couple of years ago now, and it attracted a bit of attention um, from the Greenies, and uh, it was you having a tussle with a great white off the coast here in southeast Queensland. Can you run us through, through that event?
4: Yeah, no, that, that was a, um, a while ago. I took out a visiting diver called Hal Press, and we had a great white come in to have a look at us earlier in the day and it came in swam around and then went away uh so we changed spots just in case uh then when we were in on the next spot it came in again but this time it came in from below and it swam up vertically uh, luckily i was on the other side of the shark so it didn't see me and it was swimming up vertically towards hell uh, so i swam down and just gave it a hit in the back of the head um so much say a tussle because that'd be more one way over the other, uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of just like poking a big squishy brick wall and hoping that it decided not to continue going in for a, an in, what's the right word, but like an inquisitive bite, perhaps.
0: Yeah. On how. So it it wasn't doing the um the barrel feeding thing in a you know sort of sixty k kilometers an hour that you see on a David Attenborough documentary. No, luckily, uh, I don't think I'd have any effect whatsoever if it was trying to do that. It was just swimming up.
4: Kind of like when you see the footage of them just swim up really casually towards a boat and then just, like, bite the outboard type thing. So yeah. Moving at a good pace, but at no way was it at full speed. A white shark at full speed, you wouldn't have a chance to react, let alone persuade it to go another way. If one of those wanted to attack you, you'd be in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, right, wow. Yeah, not for me. I haven't seen one yet, thank God. The... Um Mate, I wanted to move on and sort of ask you because you seem to dive around a lot of sharks and it doesn't seem to bother you too much. And uh, for a lot of new divers uh, coming into the sport, it's definitely not so much in back of their mind but in the front of their mind. So I just wanted to start with what are some of the behavioural traits of an aggressive shark say, as opposed to a non-aggressive or passive shark?
4: Uh, One of the most... Um, easy to distinguish visual ones is where its um, fins are. If its fins are sitting vertically down below itself, um, that's when it's getting ready to maneuver quickly or to speed up. If you can imagine, it's kind of like with your big sailing boats, if they want to go faster, they've got to have that fin below them to give them traction to then get the propulsion to get them moving, just like skeg on the motor of your boat. So a shark drops its fins down, it's so that it can accelerate quickly. When its fins are up sitting at its side, it's just cruising along. It doesn't need that rapid acceleration or turning to kind of go after you. So if you see a shark drop its fins, it's usually a sign it's going to do something possibly unpredictable and will be able to move a lot quicker. So that's when you get a bit more cautious. Yeah. Uh, normally, if they're up in the water column with you, that's another sign that they're a bit more curious, possibly not aggressive, but definitely curious. Uh, normally, sharks will sit below you or even on the bottom, when they come right up to the surface level with you, that's when they're sizing you up to see what you are and what you may or may not provide them with, as in food or a challenge or danger type thing.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, and right, so that's what's, that's what's to look for physically. Are there any uh, actions or is there any movement or behaviour that we do ourselves that can incite sort of uh, a shark attack that you've seen spearfishing? Uh, Anything that is erratic yourself, uh, and Mm -hmm. particularly turning and running,
4: it's kind of like when you raise kids with dogs, you tell them never to run away, never to act really erratic, and nothing that makes you look like you're afraid or prey because the dog, like a shark, works a lot more off instinct. And if you Mm -hmm. run away screaming, the dog's gonna chase you, just like if you turn and run away from a shark erratically, the shark's gonna think that it has the upper hand and that you're definitely prey. Whereas if you kind of stand your ground, even though it's a complete nutter bluff, at least yeah. the shark knows that maybe you're not too easy and they're going to second-guess themselves. Because an injury for a shark is life and death. If they lose the ability to hunt, that's that's kind of it for them. So they usually will try to avoid confrontation as much as possible.
0: Yeah, right. I've dived with guys that... Uh that like to get on the front foot a bit, when a shark sort of starts coming up out of the water column, they'll sort of swim directly at the shark and uh, try to get on the front foot. Is that something that you'd agree with? or Is it something that you do or you see? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Depends on the species.
4: It's definitely a way to get the shark on the back foot. And it is a good idea to have the shark second guessing going for you. But some species, uh, particularly around breeding time, we'll take that as a show of dominance and can actually arc up and get a bit worse uh, but it's yeah. only things like bull sharks and tiger sharks where that could have a bit of a negative effect but for the most case having the sharks taking guessing is a good thing uh, if you watch a lot of footage of sharks interacting with each other you'll see that it's not so much um, big bold statements between them that's how they're communicating it's more like just the subtle body language and uh, yep. Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's more just being calm and not backing down over attacking at the shark yep. will usually deter them more than, like, going out and swimming at them really hard because, um, yeah, if you challenge them too much, they can arc up and then try and defend themselves. So.
2: Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, you sharks. Yeah, you don't want to push it too far. What about uh, – I want to ask you um, – I mean, the early bird gets the worm. We all love to get out there early in the morning to go spear fishing, and, and so, sometimes often stay quite late. Is there a difference in shark behaviour in those times of the day? Uh, not really, I, but that could just be my own experience. I've never noticed them
4: to be more aggressive at sunrise or sunset. Uh, you'll definitely see more of them, but they yep. seem to have the same kind of temperament all day long. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, um, yeah right. Well, what about... Uh, I sort of know we go spear fishing. I mean, we we use things like flashes and burley and stuff like that. Um, these things incite sharks, um, having a fish flapping around on the bottom. Sort of what sort of things can we do as spearos to minimize the risk, I guess, or, or manage that risk? Uh, one of the
4: biggest things is don't have fish tied to your body. Uh, you'll see a lot of divers <laughs> overseas can do that because there's yeah. not many sharks, but in Australia, I definitely recommend either having your fish in a float or in the boat Uh, where possible if you're shore diving try and have your fish out of the water Uh, it's hard to do and you've got to have quite a large float but you can set them up so your fish sit on top like a boogie board with a hessian bag or something like that Uh, because if your fish are in the water the sharks are going to see that as as tasty delicious free food (laughs) Um, the other one with your flashes and things it's quite difficult Uh, you kind of got to Use, it's like a double-edged sword, it will attract the fish, but it will also attract sharks. Uh, There's not much you can do with your flasher. Try and get it up if you see a shark trying to bite at it, so it can see that it's not actually food and get it up and out of the way and then let it back down. Uh, Burley is a hard one. Burleying is probably your most efficient way of attracting a lot of fish higher up in the water column. Fortunately, because of the scent of the burley, it will keep sharks hanging around and get sharks quite interested in food. Um, Then if you do shoot anything the sharks already there looking at it as food and as things like that So what we've been doing personally is changing to like throwable flashes and things that don't have a scent Just trying to avoid having that scent in the water. Um, Another thing you can use is old newspaper You can tear that up to mimic the appearance of burley in the water, but it doesn't have a scent and it also breaks down and doesn't cause any damage to the environment. And if a fish does eat it, they can digest it and pass it through their system. So it gives things like Spanish and wahoo and Jobfish and all your sight hunters something to see and come up and inspect, but yep. nothing scent-wise to keep them hanging around. Sharks will come and have a look, but then they'll realise that it's not food and swim away.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> all right, I might go on to this one. I just wanted to ask what a what is something that you've seen that divers are doing or is there some is there something that new divers are doing that put them more at risk from shark attacks
4: uh it's how they're moving in the water and it's the same reason why it's harder for new divers to get certain species of fish uh the calmer you are in the water the less you're kind of making a notice of yourself you're not so uh, i'm trying to think of the right way to put it so If you're moving quite slowly and just turning your head calmly and just cruising through the water column, it's the same way a shark moves. It's the same thing that everyone's used to in the ocean. So they're not going to look at it and say, oh, that's unusual. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's a really deformed, ugly shark. Fair enough. Swim on. (laughs) Um, But if you're swimming really hard for the bottom and rapidly moving around and chasing after fish, most animals, and I'm going to say sharks as well, will see you as an injured animal because you're moving quite abnormally to what they're used to and if a shark thinks you're injured it's going to say hey there's a nice easy meal i'm going to go after that one not that thing over there that is calm and in control and may or may not hurt me this one over here he's struggling yeah i'm gonna eat the struggling one so that's that's one spot where new divers can make it a little bit more difficult for themselves but in learning that control it'll also help them land more fish the calmer they are the closer the fish will come for the same reason they just think you're part of the environment and uh, another yeah, nice. thing that catches out new divers with sharks is actually letting the sharks take their fish if you shoot a fish oh. shark comes in and you just let the fish go and let the shark eat it shark will start attributing you to food whereas yep. yeah shark comes in and you actually give it a go and try and get your fish back even if the shark eventually gets out, the harder it is for that shark to get the fish the less likely the shark will keep trying to get that fish. So by having either other divers go down and fend the fish and things like that can make it a bit better. Even though it seems strange at the time, will make it the sharks a bit more on the the defensive side over trying to just eat everything you catch. In theory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. It's uh, it's kind of uh, brings me to my next point. Pretty nice, and you've probably covered it. But teamwork's important, I guess, when you're trying to land. You know say something like a, a big spanish mackerel and there's plenty of sharks around do you do you guys find you land more sharks diving in a t- uh, land more fish diving in a team
4: yes uh and, and everyone i've
0: ever dived with that taught me how to dive and all the guys
4: that i take out and teach with it the mentality more we'd rather have that one fish in the boat than everyone kind of go off on their own so as soon as someone shoots a fish we'll always try and make sure that they're going to land that Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just the way that we dive and we found over time that we do get a lot of a lot more quality fish even if you've had to help each other out a bit then if you're kind of when i stuff it i'm going to go out on my own and see how i go seems to help um particularly with sharks so years ago up off a place called hummocky island off gladstone i was dealing with a parrotfish that was struggling, like playing quite hard and I had it in my hands and I was facing the wrong way, and luckily my dive buddy was in front of me looking over my shoulder, and he actually pushed me aside and hit a bull shark in the nose with his gun that was about a foot off my back that had come in wow. for that parrotfish that I didn't see. So if I didn't have him there and in that position, I'd probably be missing a bit of a a bit of my um bacon <laughs> for, for uh, better.
0: Yeah yeah, right. Wow. Uh, yeah. No. I've uh, I've seen that situation myself. So um, yeah. Right. Wow. Mate. What? Uh, I mean. I think we've covered everything. And I called you because I I want to speak to you because. You, I've seen your uh, videos. Uh, if anybody wants to check out um, Trevor talking more about sharks um, on YouTube, they can get onto the uh, Adreno channel where he talks all about um, shark behavior and dealing with sharks. Mate, before we go, is there any sort of parting advice or words of wisdom that you can think that we sort of haven't touched on that divers can do to uh, mitigate the risk of sharks?
4: Uh, one of the biggest ones, if you can – handle having them uh the shark shields and those kind of electronic devices they do help they're not a hundred percent but they will kind of help in that situation i personally don't wear one because uh, they tend to get tangled on the bottom a lot particularly with the yeah. tether so and i've been stuck a few times but if you're not In that kind of dense structure on deeper dives, they're quite a good thing to have. Uh, They're also good fun if you like zapping your mates with them. Uh, (laughs) So you can sneak up behind your mate, turn it on, give them a quick 12-volt zap. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, great fun. Uh, Another one I think we touched on is, yeah, just be as calm as possible around the shark. Um, Yeah, it's the same old uh, analogy as I had before. Like, same way you're taught to deal with dogs you just got to be as calm as possible, stand your ground and hope that they back down. And just like dogs, people, every animal in the world, you're always going to have that one shark that's just unmanageable Uh, situation. You just got to leave. You're never going to win that fight. So it's better off just to let that shark have that reef and go on your merry way.
0: Yep, good, good advice. I know, uh, yeah, we, we had an incident up on the Coral Sea where uh, we just had a major amount of sharks just smashing the burly. And, um, and yeah, we motored off to find a new spot. Thought we'd gone far enough, but we just got followed by, you know, a big bully who just, just continued to harass us. So um, it was just we just had to leave and go to a new reef that day, unfortunately. But it was better than losing someone sort of 600 kilometres out to sea. So what do you do? Uh, it's amazing how much sharks
4: have learnt about boats. Uh, I actually saw it firsthand on Sunday. We were exploring off Fraser Island and the sharks were really calm on the bottom and I dove down and I was sitting there and then the boatie clicked the boat into gear and all of the sharks just turned and swam straight up towards the boat. So they know exactly what's going on. The sharks obviously went, oh, boat's in gear, they're fighting a fish and have come screaming up off the bottom to check the boat. So it's amazing wow. what they learn over just seeing things and hearing things all the time and just putting two and two together. So uh, they're cheeky, they're clever, but they're cheeky.
0: Yeah, have you, have you noticed that uh, in some places the sound of a spear gun is almost like a cue for
4: them? Uh, yeah, off North Stradbroke Island at the moment in particular, uh, just because of the amount of divers that it sees, uh, sharks will come in on a spear gun shot. If, if you're in a shark, if you're on a clean day, go down and just shoot your gun, and you will see sharks will come in to have a look at what's happened. So they're definitely learning. And it's no different to a human child or a dog. Again, if you train, if you like, here's a treat, here's a bell, here's a treat, here's a bell. Then you yep. the bell, they'll come in. Not that you should train children that way, but it works.
0: <laughs> I think that's yeah Pavlov's dog essentially, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. That's parenting 101. Excellent, thanks, Trevor um mate absolutely awesome i think uh i think as far as i can see that covers everything and i, I hope that uh the guys listening out there get something out of it and they're not to uh put off spearfishing uh by sharks as a, as a diver and with other people in the water you, you're normally all right
4: um but there are always going to be extenuating circumstances and hopefully no one ever gets hit with a shark but yeah it's always good to stay close to your mates if, if you've got a higher number than the sharks you will yeah, they'll be a bit less aggressive towards you. There's three of you and one of them.
0: It's not really a fair fight, so they'll usually swim away. Yeah, right. So well, another another good uh, reason to buddy up and stay with your buddies oh, definitely. and not bugger off. Bloody awesome, mate. Well, thanks for chatting with me. Um, once again, uh, if, Yeah, we've uh, we'll put the link up to Trevor's uh, earlier. Uh, episode. I, was, I think you're about number nine or something like that. You're in the early days, going back a couple of years now, mate. That's but hair and beautiful and still young. Yeah, yeah, right, eh? Oh, very
1: good. All right, thanks, Trevor. Thanks for chatting with us. No problem, mate. Guys, Spearing Magazine have joined the Noob Spiro podcast to bring this episode to you today. Now, Spearing Magazine are. They're actually actually—they're the best spearfishing magazine in the world. I'm saying it. Turbo said it. Now you know it. And uh, if you head over to Spearing Magazine, you can check out the team. They've got Jeremy Gamble, John Paul Castro, Sky Bailey, Christopher Landers. You have a look. There's some f- fantastic people they've got on staff, and that's why they produce the world's best spearfishing magazine. The photography is just popping. The stories are awesome. Turbo's been rejected several times. And... Uh, that's how you know it's top quality. So head over to spearingmagazine.com. You can buy it. You can buy it at your local retailer in the US. We, you can even get the digital subscription online. Spearingmagazine.com.
0: All right. I hope you got something out of this episode. Oh, it's Absolutely fantastic. We really enjoyed bringing this one to you guys. Hope you learned something about shark behaviour and how to deal with sharks. But uh, I guess nothing's foolproof. And as Renee Nell showed, they can turn on you at any time and they, they really are the uh, the alpha predator in that environment. So uh, stay safe, guys. I hope you got something out of it. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, give us a uh, iTunes rating or simply just tell one of your mates to tune in and listen to us here on the Noob Spiro podcast. The uh, the word of mouth is uh, the best way to spread the Noob Spiro word. And uh, we're growing and growing every single episode. We're absolutely loving bringing it out to you guys, and uh, we've got plenty more great episodes in the tank. And uh, yeah, and thank you guys that are reaching out to us on social media for um, giving us the the heads up on guys that you want to you want to hear stories from we really really appreciate appreciate that as well it may take us a little while to get to them but uh it's just it's more uh, it's more ammunition for us to uh go out and find these guys and uh, ask the right questions to these experts so once again thanks so much for listening in tell a mate and uh, we'll talk to you in a fortnight's time big thank you to our sponsor, Adreno. Adreno are one of the world's biggest and best spearfishing stores. They stock a huge range of gear, more than you can imagine. So check them out in-store at Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne, or get online. If you like shopping online, check them out at spearfishing.com.au where you can save $20 on all purchases over $200 when you check out using the code Spiro. So get online and check them out at spearfishing.com.au and use the code NoobSpeero at checkout.
1: Guys, today's show is not only brought to you with our partner, spearfishing.com.au, it's brought to you by our brand new ebook available on Amazon Turbo. What's the thing called again? It's called 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing. Why is it called 99 Tips to
0: Get Better at Spearfishing? Because it's got 99 tips in there to help you get better at spearfishing. I thought you said there was way more than 99. Well, there's 99 official tips, but each tip can be broken down into several tips. So it's like tips and tips and... Oh, it's tips on tips. A multiplication of oh, tips. Mate. Just actionable information. Oh, you can put it straight into action. That's the best thing about it. It should have been called 99 actionable tips to get better at spearfishing. But because we're paying per letter on the cover, we just went with 99 (laughs) tips to get better at
3: spearfishing.
1: All right, guys, available (laughs) on Amazon.com. Thanks for joining us today on the New Spiro podcast.